Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150 on this very exciting day because, one, I'm looking out at the gorgeous city of Seattle and I think to myself and to everyone else, what a great day it is to take your dog for a walk. How about that? Even somewhere new. New sights, new smells, most importantly. All that good stuff. So remember... uh, as you're perhaps sitting there, maybe listening to this on KKNW live, or perhaps you're listening to the podcast, the free podcast on iTunes, or maybe our archives through SoundCloud, and you're looking at your dog. How about going for a walk today? If I may, uh, I got to totally agree with you. A and B say, Boy, what a great song that was. And I think to myself, what a great day to take your dog for a walk. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I've got so much, uh, a lot to look forward to. One, the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show is this weekend, March 7th and 8th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. uh, Right there and just south of downtown Seattle, right next to CenturyLink Field. Super exciting. This is one of my favorite events all year. Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. So it's like the dog shows that you see on TV, like Westminster, which we actually just watched. I don't think it was live because I saw on Facebook people were posting who won when we were still watching it. So I think we caught a rerun of it. But um, it did just recently happen. And uh, the Seattle Kennel Club has their own version of that. And there's so much more to this show um, in addition to watching all the breeds, you know, trotting around the ring with their handlers and them being judged on breed standard and all of that with the competition ultimately ending in a best in show at the end of each day, both Saturday and Sunday, there's best in show. So it's two separate shows that happen underneath the, the whole weekend. There's also a ton of other stuff that goes on, and this is such a fun event for the whole family. There's demonstrations, which um, I'm actually going to talk on today's show with the show chair of the Seattle Kennel Club dog show, Jane Anderson. You'll hear my conversation with her about all the goings on of the Seattle Kennel Club dog show and all the stuff that there is to watch. There's lots of different demonstrations, um, agility trials that run all all day, both days, which is like the dog sort of obstacle course. It's really fun and exciting to watch this at a high level. Mm-hmm. Tons of vendor booths. There's meet the breeds upstairs with all these different breed clubs. And it's a really fun event. So definitely come and check it out. Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show this weekend, March 7th and 8th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. And you can go to seattlekennelclub.org to um, find out more. And if you wanted to see like a specific breed be shown, they go at certain times, like they're scheduled to go at certain times. So um, you can look at the schedule online, seattlekennelclub.org, and you can be sure to get there when you want to see a specific breed. Like say you want to see, be sure to see the Cairn Terriers go, well, you can look up and see when they're showing on both days, Saturday and Sunday. So we were watching the Westminster Kennel Club dog show um, last night, and I think I'm pretty sure it wasn't live. They were re rerunning it, and uh, so the Beagle won this year. And it seems like so if you're not familiar with how it's structured, that you know there's a, there's all of these different 
groups, and then one dog from each group gets selected, you know, wins the group. So there's like the hound group, for example, which was the group that the beagle was in, given that the beagle is a scent hound. Um, Then there's like the terrier group that has all the terriers, the working group, the sporting group, the non-sporting group. So all these breeds in the uh, American Kennel Club are um, organized in these groups. And so every breed has a best of breed, and then all of those best of breeds go to compete against each other within a group, and then the winner of each group goes to compete for best in show. So it seems like, I don't know, is it just me or just the standard poodle always win in its group? It's it, it's like kind of funny because in the movie Best in Show, which is like one of my, probably my all-time favorite movie, and a lot of people share that um, love of that movie with me, but like the standard poodle, it's like, oh, I swear every year it's like the standard poodle competes for Best in Show. I don't know. You'd think it would be the deluxe poodle, maybe, because standard poodle. <laughs> really? Yeah. Anybody it's not very special. Of those, standard right? version. <laughs> can you imagine with the way that they groom the standard poodles if there was a deluxe version? <laughs> <laughs> Just twice as big, the hair twice as large. Maybe we should do a contest and have people draw <laughs> what they think a right. deluxe poodle would look like and send it into the show yeah. and post it on the website. <clears throat> well, I don't know. Um, so there was a commercial, though, that I saw that I thought was hysterical. It was a Subaru commercial, and they always do such good dog commercials. They've been on the dog thing for a while now. And, uh, you know, it's like this Subaru driving down a road, and there's this, like, golden retriever in the driver's seat, this yellow lab in the passenger seat, and then this, like, young golden retriever in the back seat, and then, like, a puppy baby golden retriever in, like, a baby seat. And they're all just like sitting there, you know, supposedly driving down the road. And then all of a sudden they all start barking out one to one side of the car. And then it shows, um, you know, the camera shows a different angle. And then it's a mail truck driving on the other side of the street (laughs) passing them. Right. And it's just really funny. It's like super well done. I think they nailed it. And, you know, that was adorable seeing this portrayal of like a dog family and uh and then they just all start barking and you're like what are they barking at and then it's just a mail truck passing so simple so funny speaking of that though have you i've been meaning to ask you this there's a video uh and maybe we've talked about this on the show before but there's a video with people training dogs to drive no joke yeah (laughs) and you've seen that yeah i think it was in australia (laughs) or new zealand that they did it exactly yeah they actually were teaching dogs how to seem drive. Safe. Well, I mean, <laughs> to a degree, they can they can train dogs to perform right. specific tasks, but I don't think the dogs actually are like I'm driving around, and I've learned how to park. Maybe and, when we get the Google cars that drive themselves, yeah. we can have our dogs. There you go. Play with the steering wheel. I don't stuff. know. You fun. never know where technology is going to take us, or how smart dogs are going to get. Really, I'm just for saying, that if Sammy gets behind the wheel of uh, my car, it's it's game over. Yeah, I know it. Because well, she can't walk in a straight line, much less I wouldn't, drive if, in a straight if line. If I was going to put it up to anybody, I'd put it up to one of our cattle dogs to figure out how to drive. Probably not our dachshund. <laughs> she can't reach the pedals. Yeah, yeah it's just physically. It's impossible, let alone mentally. Um, so anyway, uh, 
Very excited. This weekend, March 7th and 8th, Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. Be sure to come by our booth and say hi. Grab some free snacks. Grab a free dog show with Julie Forbes car sticker. We'll have plenty of those to give out. And also, when you're there, be sure to stop by the Pure Air booth. Um, Pure Air Odor Eliminator, one of our show partners, will be there as well. And a big thank you again to um, our other sponsors of the show, the Natural Pet Pantry, uh, raw and cooked food for dogs and cats, naturalpetpantry.com. It is my number one choice for real for what you feed your dog. Um, Just excellent food locally made and also cats as well. And Jet City Animal Clinic, uh, jetcityanimalclinic.com. Dr. Anderson and her staff are wonderful there. We take our dogs there and just love working with them. If you're looking for a good, open-minded, regular vet, Jet City Animal Clinic, if you live in Seattle, is the place to go. So, uh, yeah, I'll be talking with Jane Anderson and uh, enjoy and uh, enjoy my conversation with her. So let's uh, bring Jane Anderson on, who's the show chair of the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. Welcome to the show, Jane. Thank you, Julie. Nice to have you back. It's It's been a pleasure for me to be here. Yeah, and I know this is a a very busy time for you as the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show is next weekend, March 7th and 8th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. So I especially appreciate you taking the time now because I'm sure you are busy. (laughs) I am. Thank you. So um, now we had a live interview with you two years ago, which was our first interview, and then we did an encore of that interview last year before the show. So tell us um, a bit about uh, what does it mean to be the show chair of the dog show? A lot of gray hair. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, it's a lot of work. It's a labor of love. It uh, goes on all year and, of course, culminates when we present present our event to our exhibitors and, and have the public the opportunity to attend as well. You kind of do it in segments as you plan throughout the year for this event coming together. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a very busy time the last couple of weeks prior to the actual dog show. Mm-hmm. So you basically put the whole thing together. Uh, the entire club does. Yeah. We're Seattle Kennel Club consists of, I believe it's currently 33 members. Mm-hmm. And um, it's sometimes kind of like herding cats, but <laughs> everybody contributes and participates and it mm-hmm. comes together and, and most of us are down there uh, working the event over the entire weekend. Yeah. And uh, it's just such a fun event. It's it's my favorite and I think the biggest, you know, dog event this area. There's so many wonderful dog events that happen throughout the year, especially in the summertime. Uh, but this one is, is for me, the big one. Um, you know, there's so much that happens in addition to the confirmation showing, you know, the breeds and what people think when they think of dog shows and what they might watch on TV when they're watching Westminster the dogs trotting around the ring, you know, one breed at a time, and then so forth. But there's so much else that goes on um, during this weekend. Um, that that is so true, Julie. Yeah, and uh, we're going to, um, since we got a late start, we're actually going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk with 
Jane Anderson, who again is the show chair of the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, which is coming up next weekend, March 7th and 8th. We're going to talk more about the role that uh, dog shows play in uh, the world of purebred dogs, especially. Um, We're going to talk about uh, what we were just talking about, which was uh, what else is happening um, during during that weekend and uh, what all there is for people to participate in and watch. So, Jane, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking more about the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show coming up. You're listening to a different kind of dog show, the Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Hey, dog show fans. Does something stink in your home or car? Pure Air is a powerful odor eliminator that is the only natural food-grade product in its category. It works on bedding, kennels, litter boxes, urine, vomit, poop, even skunk spray. You know, all the fun smells our pets bring into our home. It's so non-toxic that you can literally eat it, a requirement for our home and our dogs. Spray pure air on anything you can put water on and let your nose watch the odor disappear. Ask for pure air in stores that specialize in natural, non-toxic products for home. Or visit DogRadioShow.com for a link to their website. I'm Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show. Pure air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to New Pro Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, March 1st, it's Shelter, Rescue Sanctuary, and anything that helps our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll check on our regulars, birds, birds, and horses. We'll pick up where we left off with a lean fort gang from Friends of Woodland Park Zoo Elephants, find out the latest on the zoo's plans to close the exhibit and move the elephants, and propose legislation to make the zoo more transparent. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 11. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice. JetCityAnimalClinic.com. News, traffic, and weather? Now you can get your information fixed weekdays on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And we are talking today, actually, about a different kind of dog show, the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show next weekend, March 7th and 8th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. And we are talking today with Jane Anderson, who's the show chair of the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. Welcome back, Jane. Thank you. So um wanted to ask you to, to tell my listeners about what role, like what's happening in a dog show, sort of bigger picture, you know, 
people, I think, really enjoy watching, you know, the dogs running around the ring. And But it, it's not a beauty contest. It's, it's a lot more than that. And I'd like to, from the perspective of... Um, the, the breed standards and the genetics and all that sort of thing. From your perspective, what role do dog shows play in the dog world, especially the purebred dog world? The confirmation aspect of dog shows and, and the confirmation, which uh, some folks attribute to uh, the beauty contest aspect, mm-hmm. actually pertains to form and function. Dog shows celebrate and help preserve the distinctive features of different breeds, and it provides a forum in which these dogs are evaluated for future breeding programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person presenting the the uh, dog enters the show ring with their dogs so that the judges can evaluate the dog's confirmation, which is the dog's structure, mm-hmm. or how closely their physical structure conforms to their particular breed standards. And the written standards are written by the parent club um, and and include a detailed description of the ideal of each breed. Mm-hmm. And that's what the confirmation part of it uh, relates mm-hmm. to. And I remember from our first interview um, that the dogs are not being compared to each other each dog is being uh, sort of judged against the breed standard. That is correct. Right. So, um, so, so, what is the importance of this, you know, breed standard, um, you know, in in ways that the general public may not be aware of? Uh, the importance is in uh, preserving the breed type, which which defines the breed and which separates a given breed from a generic dog mm-hmm. and is one better than the other not necessarily so they all dogs come out of the same behavior mode and communicate in the same way but some have over the years been bred uh, to perform to be most efficient at different functions right and this efficiency at a given function really is what provides the particular form uh, of that of that breed, mm-hmm. and so it's like uh, uh, preserving preserving this uh, for future generations. Yeah, what is the um, the weight? And it, maybe it depends on the breed, or it varies within different breeds. But uh, of the dogs, so you know, we talk about form and function. So, what is the value of the dog's um, strength of drive, like a um, like a border collie, for example, you know, a herding breed, um, in a show ring, is that dog um, looked at somehow? I mean, they're not in their herding and being judged on their ability to actually work, but they're more being judged on their physical form and presence. Their physical form and presence, which gives them the efficiency in that working ability. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why when you're evaluating a border collie, uh, you are never going to mistake it for a pug. Right. Because a pug, of course, doesn't have the physical makeup or components, or they aren't put together in the same way for the type of motion right. 
that is necessary when when you're herding animals. Yeah. And so it's an interesting distinction, I guess, talking about um, the physical form and how that um, sort of promotes a dog doing whatever it was they were intended to do. And then also another, you know, pug, for example, why a pug wouldn't make, generally speaking, a good herding dog in addition to the form, but also the wiring. So the dog is wired differently, and that's something we're going to, I think, circle back around to a little bit later in this interview is about how important it is for people to understand if they're getting a purebred dog, even a mixed breed dog, to understand what that wiring is uh, for that breed so that they understand the drive and how the how that dog might react to its environment just based off of the wiring. Yes, and and that when you're looking for a specific aspect in in canines, that's one of the reasons why it is important to consider a purebred dog first because you know when that dog matures what those propensities are going to be. Whereas if you pick up a puppy of unknown uh, parentage or heritage, you truly have no idea, very little idea of what that dog will grow up to become. Mm -hmm. And that brings up a really good point, too, because I think it's it must be, you know, I'm not a breeder, never have been and don't intend to be. um, And but I imagine a frustration for. A lot of the breeders, you know, that are participating in the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, breeders who participate in their breed clubs and are responsible, reputable breeders, that there's a lot of people who are breeding purebred dogs that are not good representations of the breed, both physically, health-wise, and also temperamentally. And how important it is that for somebody who is considering a purebreed dog from a breeder that they're going to a breeder who is a responsible breeder and is and who is breeding nice dogs or dogs that are you know match that standard that is true and i would hope i would hope there are not that many conscientious breeders uh, that don't that are breeding purebred that don't subscribe to that i would hope there are more positive breeders than than there are ones that uh, don't care what uh, what the pups can do or what the pup's future may be. Um, I mean, especially like with puppy, you know, puppy mills would be one of the biggest examples of that. And that's typically more with smaller breeds, but where people, you know, uh, Chihuahua, Shih Tzu, um, poodle, you know, these little uh, small breeds that are coming from a puppy mill environment, you know, these dogs are not only not going to, you know, stand up in a show ring, but they often are just a mess genetically, health-wise, behaviorally, all this stuff. Um, And and I, in working with dogs, um, with people and their dogs in a training capacity, um, you know, unfortunately it is it is something that's out there that people do need to be careful about. And just because somebody has like a nice website, for example, doesn't mean, you know, anybody can make a website and say whatever they want on it. That's right. You, um, you need you need to uh, have access to the property. Uh, any, any breeder, if you're shopping uh, for a dog, be it a older dog or a puppy, 
you certainly ideally want to have access to be able to view both the parents, mm-hmm. perhaps the grandparents, definitely need to see uh, the location, the physical uh, place where the dogs are, um, and be able to talk and visit in in that environment prior to making your decision. Yeah, to see where the puppies are. And I, and I can't tell you how many dogs I've worked with that were just shipped out you know, without really and without any questions asked. And that sort of has me wonder um, how much uh, on the other end, if these breeders or quote unquote breeders are just sort of sending dogs wherever. And there are a lot of breeders I know that I've worked with are very involved in the adoption process and want to make, you know, they're very protective of their dogs. And I think that that's something to look for is how protective of the dog is the breeder, because I think yes. that's a great sign. Yes. Um, and in talking about uh, pure breed dogs, we're coming up on another break here, but the one thing, too, that stands out to me when we're talking about these these breed standards and really preserving the integrity of the breed is the genetic um, challenges that that, that that sort of has involved with it when we have a limited gene pool. And I think that that's probably one of the most fascinating aspects of what breeders do in um, making sure that they're not breeding, um, you know, hip dysplasia or, you know, it's one of some of those obvious ones, uh, health problems or an eye problem. I know breeders who are um, breed certain breeds, they are very aware of some of those health problems that can happen. And they're very careful about not breeding any of that into their lines and that's a um, really, really important aspect of the world of pure breed dogs and of um, of a of a responsible, reputable breeder that they know what to look out for. That their dogs are always tested, and that they won't breed a dog that you know comes up with a with an eye problem or a hip problem or anything like that or behavioral problem. Right, they should be eliminated from the breeding program. Right. Okay, well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Jane, I'd like to talk about the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show that's coming up next weekend, March 7th and 8th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. And to talk about all of the different uh, events and demonstrations and everything that are going on uh, for people to come and watch and enjoy. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. My dog loves your dog, and your dog loves my dog. And if our doggies love each other, why can't we? The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. Next week on Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair, Seattle-based forensic psychologist and author Jay Richards discusses his new psychological thriller, Silhouette of Virtue, and British historian and author of The Favorite, 
Riley and his queen, Matthew Lyons, separates fact from fiction by exploring the belief held by some that Henry VIII heir, Elizabeth I, was in fact a man. See more at conversationslive.net. And don't forget to tune in every Monday at noon here on Alternative Talk 1150. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com Like what you hear? Be sure and support the sponsors who support your favorite programs on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Such a happy pair and so completely in love Your big Airedale wags his little tail Tell my terrier he's crazy about her, my dog Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. We're back with Jane Anderson, who's the show chair of the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, which is coming up this weekend, March 10th and 11th, at CenturyLink Field Event Center. Welcome back, Jane. Thank you. So, in addition to the conformation, which is what we were talking about in the last segment, uh, where the dogs are being judged to the breed standard that's been established by the parent club of the breed to preserve the integrity of the breed, that is going on all weekend long, and there's actually two two shows, well, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. So there is a best-in-show uh, after the Saturday events, and there is a best-in-show also after the, the Sunday showing as well. Uh, and that is so fun to watch, and you can look up and see if you have particular breeds that you're interested in watching, you can look up and see when they are showing. There's a lot more that's happening, uh, demonstrations, nose work demonstrations. What, what other types of demonstrations are happening throughout the weekend? Uh, well, we're calling those our partners in performance, and we have uh, 10 of them, actually. Ooh. We start off each morning with uh, a demonstration by the Reading with Rover group. Oh, nice. Which uh, I'm hoping that they will have audience participation also perhaps invite some children in from mm. the audience to experience this for the first time. I'm not sure exactly how they're planning on doing it, so I hope I'm not speaking out of turn there. Is this their first year at the it, show? It is. Yeah. It, it is. We did a, Randy Green did an article, he writes for us yes. with a, a monthly feature article, which is on our website. Which uh, is? Uh, www seattlekennelclub.org. Okay. And he did a featured article on the Reading with Rover program, mm-hmm. so you'll be able to read that if you uh, go go to our website. Mm-hmm. And that should prepare you if you plan to come down in the morning on either day. They start at 9.30 mm-hmm. uh, to uh, watch and enjoy the Reading with Rover program. Uh, we have a family uh, family dog presentation, and the fun thing with the family dog presentation this year is they're they're doing a tri ball demonstration. And mm. what is tri ball? Yeah, that's one of the hottest new dog sports in America. Uh, and in tri ball, dogs herd exercise balls through a course. 
Oh, wow. So it's based on the concept of, of sheep herding, but it's a low-impact activity for all breeds, all sizes, and all ages, not just the herding dog. Oh, inter- and you don't have to have sheep. And you don't have to have <laughs> sheep or ducks or anything. Right. <laughs> uh, which, of course, but if you want to watch the ducks being herded, uh, Utopia Herd Dog Training is, is again with us on Saturday mm-hmm. uh, doing two presentations with their awesome herding mm-hmm. dogs and mm-hmm. keeping those ducks corralled. Yep. Very fun. We have, uh, of course, the Canine Nose Works with yep. Miriam Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the incredible excitement about that program is dogs, Dogs love it because dogs see the world through their nose. Their scenting ability is so phenomenal yeah. uh, that they literally, that's why they can detect cancer cells with a higher yeah. degree of accuracy than uh, the technology that they currently have. Yeah, so, we really can't, as humans, really can't comprehend what it's like for a dog to experience their sense of smell. It's like trying to think about how big the universe is. It's like you get to a certain point and the human brain, I don't just don't think can really grasp it because it's not in our experience. We can't comprehend it. We yeah. can't even begin to. You're absolutely right. But we can try to at least understand it better through our own dogs and uh, giving them the opportunity to use their fabulous sense of smell and to give them an outlet for that. Because, I mean, if dogs are meant to do one thing universally, it's really to use their nose to find things that they want. Uh Uh-huh. And things that they don't know. The beauty of dogs is they know everything, but they just don't know they know everything. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And watching them get in touch with that. Yeah. Um is truly the reward, I think, back to us when we're working with them and we're watching them doing what they were either bred to do or or using their noses. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Again, we'll be, I'm so happy to be participating as part of the nose work demonstration with my little dachshund, who's a beginner in nose work. Um, So that'll be fun. Very, very fun. Um, And so what else, what other types of demonstrations are happening? Well, we have the Top Obedience uh, Team Awards being awarded on on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, which is more of an awards ceremony. We have the Seattle Police Department with us again. Mm-hmm. We have, for the second year, the Boeing Explosive Detection Canine Team. Oh, cool. And we have the Freestyle Dancers. The dog dancing. The dog Always dancing. Always a crowd favorite. Always a crowd favorite. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, Disc Dogs. Uh-huh. Uh, this year. Wow. And we have a new, a brand new um, aptitude test, an AKC aptitude test, which is called the CAT test. It's the coursing aptitude test for all breeds of dogs. Previously, lure coursing yeah. has been pretty much only open to uh, the hounds, the hounds that do lure coursing. Right, the sight hounds. The sight hounds. Yep. Um and it allows them to hunt a plastic lure instead of, of live game. Well, the new lure, lure coursing titling program is for all dogs. Mm. It's uh, it's open to dogs that are registered under the AKC's three registration uh, systems. They can be uh, the pedigree purebred, the alternative listing called PEL, mm-hmm. or uh, canine partners, CP. Mm. And they run on the same fields using the same equipment, and they're scored by different uh, licensed judges. Yeah. The differences is, are that they run solo, and um, and they use a simple pass-fail system rather than 
rather than um, scoring. Yeah. And so lure, I actually several years ago went to a lure coursing um, trial and it was, I it like gave me goosebumps to watch these dogs. And when we talk about sight hounds, you know, the greyhounds, whippets, Italian greyhounds, Rhodesian ridgebacks, uh, Irish wolfhound, Scottish deerhound, Basenji, those guys, Afghan hound, Saluki, they're so fast. And to watch these dogs, it's, you know, it's a huge course. To watch these dogs do what they were meant to do is just amazing. I mean, it was like jaw-dropping. Yes. So how cool that that's actually available, been opened up recently to other breeds. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's all of these different um, demonstrations happening throughout the weekend. And mm-hmm. is the schedule available on the website for people to check out? It is. Okay. Uh, we have we have it listed under under the various programs that are being presented, mm-hmm. and we also have our spectator guide, our show program, mm-hmm. on our website as well yeah. that people can download. Or basically, it encapsulates the entire show over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And you can find that at SeattleKennelClub.org. Yes, and I think you can also use SeattleDogShow.org, and that'll get you there as well. That gets you there as well. Yes. Um. So and so that's and that's not even all of it. So we've talked about the the showing and the ring with you know the confirmation with all the breeds and the different breeds and then we just talked about all of these different demonstrations that are happening throughout the weekend. Um and then there's the agility trials that go uh-huh. on. It does. Agility will be running both uh, both days through the entire entire day and and agility Blends training and your dog's athletic ability. Well, and your athletic ability right. also. Right. Uh, it creates tremendous challenge and excitement for every breed. They, uh, the dogs demonstrate their ability to negotiate a course, a complex course that includes such things as uh, climbing on A-frames, jumping through hoops, running through tunnels, pausing on command, etc. Uh, competing in agility, of course, requires proper training, as it is a game of, of physical skill, control, patience, and most of all, uh, teamwork between the handler and the dog. Yeah. In addition to that, if you want uh, more structured, uh, not quite as fast-paced, you can check out the obedience rings. Mm-hmm. And, of course, obedience promotes better Canine human companionship. It encourages basic good behavior in dogs, mm-hmm. and the competitions test the dog's ability to perform a prescribed set of exercises. Mm-hmm. Uh, competing, of course, requires preparation, as it is a game of control, patience, and teamwork again between the handler and the dog. Mm-hmm. Right adjacent to the obedience rings is our rally ring. And that's R-A-L-L-Y. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, these dogs and the handlers complete a course that has been designed by the rally judge. Uh, the judge tells the handler to begin and the dog and the handler proceed at their own pace through a course of 10 to 20 designated stations, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the level of competition. Each of these stations had a sign providing instructions regarding the next skill that is to be performed. Scoring is not as rigorous as the traditional obedience, and you can talk to your dog. It's not quite mm. as uh, intimidating. Yeah. 
it's really used as a precursor to go on to uh, the more intense comp- obedience competition. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and don't don't miss the junior showmanship. Oh, I know, and that's not even all of it, too. Um, when we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and right. when we come back, we'll finish up uh, all that's going on at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, which is next weekend, March 7th and 8th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. We're talking with Jane Anderson, who's the show chair of the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. And you're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk 1150. Pure Air's powerful formula lets you eliminate pet odors safely. It's strong enough to effectively get rid of smells like urine, plus stronger odors like those that can be caused by illness. Pure Air is safe enough to spray directly onto people, animals, or use in the bath or laundry. Pure Air is perfect for dealing with dire situations, refreshing your dog between baths, or just before company comes. Pure Air is the most effective product you can buy to remove stinky pet odors safely. Find it at stores like Mud Bay, McClendon's, and Natural Pet Pantry, or visit their website, pureair.com. That's pure, A-Y-R-E, dot com. I'm Julie Forbes, host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. Notice anything different? You should. There's no other station like Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And we're talking with Jane Anderson, who is the the show chair of the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, which is coming up next weekend, March 7th and 8th. That CenturyLink Field Event Center uh, starts bright and early at 8 AM and goes into the early evening, uh, ending with Best in Show awarded at the end of both days. Welcome back, Jane. Thank you. So, uh, in the last segment, we were talking about all that is all that is going on um, at the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. In addition to the confirmation, which is the the you know breeds going around the ring, uh, what people would see on TV watching Westminster. There's so much more that goes on all weekend, and for any dog lover or dog enthusiast, this is like heaven to be here because there's you know you were just talking about all of these demonstrations from reading with Rover to nose work to, to tribal, which is a new, uh, newer event herding, um, uh, police dogs, you know, all of these different things that are going on and demonstrations that people can really watch and to watch dogs, um, really, you know, to have a dog really blow your mind and see really what dogs are capable of doing um, the agility trials are a blast to watch, um, and those are going on throughout the the whole entire day, uh, both days. Um, and that's a you know opportunity to see some higher level agility performance, which is really really fun to watch and exciting, and uh, to see all the different breeds. And you know, as we're talking about all of these different things, and then you were talking about the obedience competition and rally, and you know, all of these different things. One, you know, one of the things that I want people to understand um, is that your dog, your dog at home, 
your little dog, your big dog, your mixed breed, whatever it is, your dog is capable of doing these some of these events. I mean, not all of them, because some of them are more breed specific. You know, a, a senior dog with arthritis is not going to be a good fit for agility, but they'd be a great fit for nose work or, you know, therapy work or something like that. So to, you know, dogs are so underestimated in general and, and the value of getting involved with your dog in some sort of extracurricular activity so that you're giving your dog an outlet for their energy and you're also learning about your dog as a dog. And one thing that you said, Jane, is that people need to understand that dogs are not people and that dogs are dogs and that we, we share this very, very deep a successful connection, but that dogs are a different species. So, um, you know, understanding like with through nose work, how a dog's how a dog experiences their sense of smell. I mean, to try to get a little bit of a grasp on that. Um, but what are some of the biggest uh, mistakes people make that you see? Do you think where they where they don't realize that dogs are dogs, not people? The biggest mistake they they make is not taking the time to understand what canines are, how canines think, what they're, how they live life. Um, they live in the moment. They don't have ego. They don't have a. They don't have a past. They mm-hmm. don't have a future. They just truly live in the moment. They experience everything around them through their nose. Their eyes are not as um, good as a human eye because there aren't the same number of cones in a dog's eye as there are in a human's. Mm-hmm. However, their, their scent sense is incredibly sophisticated and strong. Mm-hmm. So they truly see the world through their nose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's being patient enough to take the time to understand what the species truly is, how they communicate, mm. um, and then and then using those tools to even deepen your communication mm-hmm. with your dog. And that's the word that that I was thinking, and you just said it a couple times is is that communication. And and if you're participating in these activities, uh, obedience, even just basic training. Um, or going to a higher level rally, uh, uh, competition obedience, or some of these other activities like nose work and stuff like that. The every what they all have in common, the agility, is that communication, and that people are learning how to communicate with their dog. And communication is is not just from person to dog. You know, every, you hear the expression communication is, you know, listening is the most important part of communication and that that's something that people, I would say, generally are not very good at is really listening to their dog and understanding what does that mean because dogs aren't verbal. So what does listening to your dog look like or feel like because it's not going to be listening to them speaking a language like, you know, English or whatever? The first thing to realize, I think, is... uh all animals, and but we're talking specifically dogs, tend to be hardwired. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is every behavior that your dog manifests comes out of one of three drives. 
it comes out of their pack drive, their prey drive, or their defense drive. And to keep this just as simple as I can, defense drive is fight or flight. Prey drive is chase or be chased. And there's their pack drive is, is their social order and how they relate within that. Um, and if you understand those behaviors, then it, you can move into recognizing what drive your dog is communicating or performing in. Mm-hmm. And then you have the tool to be able to shift him in from one to the other. The only the only time you truly want to give absolute respect to that dog is if he's in defense drive and that's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you don't give him the room uh to move out of that drive, he he is going to bite or he is going to run. Mm-hmm. Um human beings responses are all over the place. We aren't hardwired like animals are. Right. And so we're more difficult to try to predict what we're gonna do under a given set of stimuli. Right. Your dog, under a given set of stimuli, is going to do A or B. Right. And if you take the time to learn that and understand that and learn about canines, you are going to be a far happier human and your dog is going to be a far happier dog. Mm -hmm. And the team effort in whatever you, you do as a team Mm-hmm. is going to be stronger, it's going to be smoother. You're going to learn to give your dog respect as a dog. Um he already respects you as a human. Yeah. Um I mean they they detect changes in our mood every time uh, every time we our brain changes or an emotion change, we give off a difference in in our scent. Mm-hmm. And that's how dogs are so masterful at knowing when we're going to do something before we even consciously acknowledge we're mm-hmm. going to do it. You're There's... like p- picking up your keys to leave the house oh, and then right. you find the dogs barring your way out the door. Right. <laughs> There's such a potential for partnership, which is why dogs have been so successful for now they're saying over 30,000 years potentially in living with humans. I mean, our two species basically evolving together. The, the potential for partnership is so rich and so deep if we go there. And um, so we've got about a minute left, Jane. And uh, now I know if there's if you could pick the worst weekend to try to meet Jane Anderson in, in person, it's probably the Seattle Kennel Club dog show. But if you, Jane, do find yourself close to the Seattle Kennel Club information booth and you do remember, just turn around and you'll see the dog show's booth. Okay. And come over and say hi. I'd love to meet you in person. Julie, I sure will. I'll, ma- I'll make a point of, of doing that because I'm I'm around that area. I know. All, and I know you're thinking about other things as well. So, But I'd love to meet you. Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show is next weekend, March 7th and 8th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. Starts at 8 a.m. and goes into the late afternoon, early evening, ending with best in show at the end of each day. Jane, thanks so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure to have you back. Thank you very much. All right. So again, that's the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, March 7th and 8th. You can go to www.seattlekennelclub.org. Org to learn more about that or if you want to see the specific schedule. Um, so 
I have a really, really exciting announcement for next week's show. I don't know if I have ever been so excited to have a guest on the show. And I have talked with a lot of people and I have been really excited in the past. But um, next week, March 4th, I'm going to be talking with Temple Grandin. Uh, Dr. Temple Grandin is the author of many books. She's a best-selling author. Um, two of her animal-related books are uh, Animals in Translation and also Animals Make Us Human. Uh, animals in Translation using the um, sort of the secrets or the mysteries, not secrets, but uh, I think it's mysteries of autism to understand animal behavior. And she, if you're familiar with Temple Grandin, you know she is a very special individual and uh, really in a class of her own. She is the professor of animal science at Colorado State University. She's a best-selling author, an autistic activist, and a consultant to the livestock industry on animal behavior. She invented the hug box, which is a device to calm those on the autistic spectrum She's an incredibly uh, highly functioning woman with autism, and um, as I said, she's a professor of animal science at Colorado State University, and the contribution that Temple Grandin has made to society and to animals is huge. Uh, She's named, I think, Times, one of Times, 100 most influential people ever, and uh, like I said, if you're already familiar with her work, she really needs no introduction. If you are not familiar with Temple Grandin, get familiar because she's going to blow your mind and you definitely want to listen to my conversation with her next Wednesday, March 4th. So excited. Um, So her books, again, Animals Make Us Human. And then she also has another book called Animals in Translation. And uh, she has a really... Um, special perspective given that she's um, autistic. So she uh, doesn't process information in the same way that people who don't have autism do. And that enables her actually to get into an animal's world in a way that's different from most um, people, you know, people who don't have autism. And like I said, I mean, the the insights that she's given us is just um, really massive. She's pretty much transformed the livestock industry uh, specifically in how cattle are moved. Um, she's done a work, a lot of work with cattle and pigs um, in, in animal welfare in the livestock industry and especially around slaughterhouses. It, it really is incredible. There was a movie that you can watch if you want a quick way to get to know her. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, it's really well done. Claire Danes plays Temple Grandin and the movie is called Temple Grandin. So you can uh, Netflix that or whatever. But I'm going to be talking with her on March 4th, and I can't wait for that. So definitely tune into that show. And also be sure to check out the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show, which is next weekend, March 7th and 8th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. Uh, Really, really fun um, event. One of my favorite dog events in the area all year. Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. March 7th and 8th at CenturyLink Field Event Center. And you can find out more about this event at seattlekennelclub.org. You can check out their specific schedule. So I will be back 
next week with bells on for my interview with Dr. Temple Grandin. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.